lifted. Going out with Tina was supposed to be my cover story. We met up at the mall once my mom dropped me off, but we'd hang out for only an hour before I'd go off and meet Ernesto. We had just started high school, and my mom wasn't a fan of the Mexicans, as she called anyone with a Spanish name. If anyone named Jose or Juan or Carlos or Ernesto shows interest in you, she said, run away fast. Mexicans are nothing but trouble. Ernesto was my age, and we had Spanish, math, and biology together. His hair was luxuriously thick, and he had a smile that spread all across his face. He was nice to everyone, even the unpopular kids, and it seems like he could strike up conversation with almost anybody. The first conversation I had with him was on the first day of school, when we were interviewing each other in Spanish class. After going through the basic introductory questions in Spanish, he switched to English and said, I like your shirt. It was a silky pink blouse from Forever 21 with silver butterfly embroidery on the pocket. Thanks, I responded. Then, noticing the teacher was circling over to us, said, Gracias. We had more little conversations like that, just small talk. But soon, I hoped to have real conversations with the real Ernesto and not the Ernesto that lived inside my head, always smiling and handsome and lit by soft incandescent lights. And now, finally, it was going to happen. My mom only saw my long winter coat when I came out of my room. She didn't see the tight little dress I'd gotten at H&M, which fit too tightly around the shoulders and too loosely around the hips, but it had a silken sheen over the dark blue that Tina said complimented my eyes, even though my eyes were brown. The mall's hallways were so clean and bright, I almost felt like I was walking down the runway. I heard the heels of my boots click against the shiny white floors, and I made wider strides and swung my hips a bit. Tina laughed like she was high. You think you look like such a supermodel, Kels. Tina slung her arm through mine, and we made catwalk strides together. She guided me to the right when we reached an intersection, and the bright pink signage of a victorious secret loomed ahead of us. Wanna look at some lingerie? Gotta look sexy for the big night. Her voice was overly loud and hollow, like she was repeating lines she heard in a sitcom. I already felt hot in the coat, and I could feel myself getting hotter. I became conscious of my damp armpits and wondered if the perfume I'd sprayed on would be enough to mask any B.O. Still, I said, sure. We had this weird hobby, Tina and I. Instead of going shopping, we would go shoplifting. We had long since upgraded from convenience and drugstores, which Tina said weren't worth the trouble, unless the drugstores had, like, the fun stuff over the counter. Tina didn't need to steal anything, of course. Her parents both worked, and they each made more money than my mom did. Still, I was the one who started it. When we were twelve, on a field trip to a museum in the city, 
I pocketed a miniature Statue of Liberty, slipping it into the secret pocket in my waterproof jacket. I thought no one was looking, but Tina, who had been browsing nearby, tapped me on the shoulder as we left the gift shop and asked, Hey, how'd you do that? I told her I didn't know, and she said, Can I watch you do it again? I had known Tina before, in a way that you can place a name next to the face of a famous person. And Tina was famous. She was among the more popular, stylish girls who had started plucking their eyebrows at puberty and whose parents allowed them to buy three-inch heels. She wasn't the most popular, though in our school of 2,000 kids, who could even claim that title? But when among the pack of popular girls with name-brand bags browsing the snow globes, she had noticed me that day at the gift shop. In that moment, I had become cool. Within a month, we were lifting on the regular. Once a week, sometimes twice, Tina would invite me to go shopping. First, we hit the convenience stores, taking things that would be easy to discard as evidence, candy, gum, and magazines. It was enough for me. I'd been snatching candy from the checkout line display since I was 10. But it wasn't enough for Tina. She wanted to steal clothes and other big, more expensive stuff, which led to visits to Forever 21, to H&M, to Uniqlo, and now to Victoria's Secret. I was the one to follow her lead then. Tina was a quick learner. After each lift, we'd meet in the food court and compare our haul. I always stuck with maybe one to three items, nothing bigger than a t-shirt. Tina, however, once lifted three shirts, a hat, and two pairs of jeans from an Urban Outfitters. She laughed triumphantly each time, as if pleased to have beaten me whenever I showed my modest haul in comparison. But Tina could more easily disguise the extra clothes among her expansive collection. I hardly ever saw her wear the same thing twice in a single month, whereas my mom would ask me questions if I showed her that I bought anything more than an eyeliner pencil or a t-shirt. As soon as we walked into Victoria's Secret, I wanted to turn back. My coat's pockets were empty, but I could feel the eyes of the staff following us as we meandered around the displays. It was a Saturday afternoon, and the place was full of other young women looking at lingerie, yet I felt like I stood out in my buttoned-up coat. I opened it for some air, and my skin seemed to sigh with relief at exposure to the cool. We split up as usual, Tina wandering over to the bras while I stopped at the first display of panties. I picked up some underwear and felt the impulse to pack it into a ball and stuff it into my pocket. It would be so easy. The panties didn't have the annoying tags that would set the alarm off. They were so soft and small, and my empty pockets were roomy. The checkout desk was in full view of the panty display, and I felt the eyes of the cashier watching me, probably eyeing my coat and wondering why I still wore it on me and didn't hold it in my arms like the other shoppers. I put back the underwear. I thought of Ernesto waiting for me in front of the movie theater. I couldn't risk standing him up, even for the chance to get some pricey lacy panties for free. As we browsed, 
I drifted further and further away from Tina, picking up panties here and there, but becoming less interested in putting them in my pocket. Instead, my head was full of Ernesto. I wondered how he would style his hair that day. I wondered if he would wear a fancy button-down shirt like I was wearing a sexy dress. I wondered what we should talk about. I wondered if I would have the nerve to creep my hand over the armrest to hold his. Before long, I wasn't seeing the spotlit displays of lingerie, but instead the image of Ernesto and me sitting in the movie theater, a bucket of popcorn between us, our hands possibly reaching for a handful at the same time. I could already smell the overbuttered scent of popcorn. Hey, what are you doing with that? I froze the movie theater projection vanishing instantly from my mind. I remembered I was in a lingerie store, and I was holding the same pair of black lacy panties in my hands. I looked around, but no one was near me. Then I heard Tina's voice from somewhere a few displays behind me. Nothing! I'm just looking at it. It looks like you're stuffing it in your bag, not looking at it, said the clerk. My hand slipped, Tina explained. I was going to put it back. I did not turn around to look as Tina argued with the store clerk, first about whether or not she was shoplifting, then whether or not to hold her in custody until one of her parents arrived. As the arguing turned into pleading, I walked out of the store as calmly as I could and passed through the tag detectors at the entrance without a hitch. The last clear words I heard from Tina were, we were just shopping here with my friend Kelsey. She'll tell you. She's here somewhere. I greeted Ernesto with brand new ruby red lipstick, which got pretty smeared by the time it was time for my mom to pick me up. Before she arrived, I used a leftover diner napkin from my coat to wipe off the rest, replacing it with the pale shade of pink I had left my mom with. Where's Tina? My mom asked in that innocent parental tone. Oh, her parents picked her up like five minutes ago, I said, and I figured it was probably only a half lie. I kept my phone turned off. Buy anything this time? No, I answered. Didn't really see anything I liked. Well, that's good. No need to buy stuff you don't need. It's fun to try things on, though, right? I played with the two lipsticks in my purse, picking at the torn remnants of their plastic anti-theft labels. I tried not to think of Tina stewing in her room with her luxurious mountain of clothes, probably grounded for a week or more. I was sure that she would never speak to me again, maybe even try to damage my hardly existing school reputation. Instead, I focused on the feeling of Ernesto's mouth on mine, moist and luscious. I shifted a little in my seat. Yeah, I said in reply though the pause was long enough for half a pop song to play through. It's fun to try things on.